Hey everyone, this is Ryan from Athix Fitness, and you're listening to the Athix Approach podcast, where we cover all things vegan, fitness, and nutrition related, and chat with inspiring and influential vegans who are out there leading by example. If you haven't already, it would really help if you subscribed to, liked, commented, and or shared any of the content I'm producing, including this podcast, free articles and training programs on athixfitness.com, videos on YouTube, and more. I truly appreciate all you guys for the love and support. In this episode, I speak with Matteo Y, a vegan powerlifter and bodybuilder about what led him to lifting and veganism, differences between bodybuilding and powerlifting training, effective diet and nutrition strategies, individual genetic differences, vegan stereotypes, and much, much more. Matteo is a burly ass dude with a 529 pound squat, 365 pound bench, and 627 pound deadlift at a body weight of 228 pounds. He's been vegan for 15 years in just a couple months and for the entirety of his lifting career, so virtually all of his strength was built on a plant-based diet. Mateo drops tons of knowledge bombs in this episode, and I think it's incredibly useful information even for a seasoned lifter. I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I enjoyed our chat. All right, Mateo, thanks so much for coming on today, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for uh, yeah reaching out. Yeah, sorry about those technical difficulties, but hopefully we're good to go. <laughs> yeah, no, I think we'll be fine. It seems so much clearer, so we're good. Yeah, I see you're in your gym right there. Yeah, um, so I, I'm a jeweler, and I work from home. So in my basement, I have, like, my whole, like, lapidary setup. And then on the other side of the basement is pretty much the entire, like, home gym. Mm-hmm. So it works out really well, especially nowadays. Damn, that, you got the coolest home gym, too. Thank you, man. Thank you. I was. I think I mentioned. I'm so jealous of it. <laughs> I think I mentioned before is like I. So I used to live in California, and I always wanted to have a home gym there, but it was just like, I mean, I'm, you live in New York, right? New York, yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, you understand how it is, how expensive it is. So like, oh, yeah. never had a garage. Definitely didn't have a basement. Um. Mm-hmm. So when I got here. I was talking to my wife, and she's. I was like, I just I want to build a home gym. And she's like, just do whatever the fuck you want. I was like, yes. <laughs> so I just slowly started getting stuff. Like first it was plates and bars. And then um, I got my rack right before COVID hit. And you got lucky then all of, yeah, then all of the equipment just, just disappeared. Yeah. Um, but it's like, you know, just being on wait, wait lists and things like that, waiting to snag stuff when it's like available is yeah. kind of a pain in the ass, but it's, it's worth it if you got the space, you know. Where did you uh, get your equipment from most of it? Um, kind of all over. So my rack is from a local like gym supply warehouse oh, nice. here in Portland. Um, it's like a knockoff of a rogue like M3 rack. Mm-hmm. It's just a little, it's like a shorty. So it actually fits in the basement because that was the biggest issue is all the racks like for the most part are just they're just too tall. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found one of those. The guy had like twenty at the time, so oh, wow. it was yeah pretty good deal. Um, some other stuff I got off like eBay. Amazon, um, like deadlift platform and the curl slash like a quad extension is from like Titan. Okay. So yeah, so some off-brand stuff, but like, I don't know. I need to find stuff that's like kind of compact and right. not too shitty. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I don't. You seem like you're a pretty tall guy. So how tall are you? Like six, pretty much six feet on the dot. Yeah. So I'm like six, almost six one. Okay. So like, I got a leg press machine. Uh huh. 
and then like I have to like kind of rig it so that it like gives a better range of motion. If not, I'd be like quarter squatting, like yeah. quarter everything. <laughs> so it fits in the gym though. So that's like the biggest thing. But, yeah, I guess you can't really do overhead pressing or anything, right? Unless I want to do it for my knees or seated. Okay. Yeah. Z press so, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I've got like a kind of a weird jacked up shoulder from past stuff, and so like. I do overhead press a little bit yeah. more now than I did before. Like when I was predominantly doing powerlifting stuff, it was, I wouldn't really overhead press much, you uh -huh. know, maybe during like off season, but for the most part, um, it's just like horizontal pressing, but. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to get into that too. Like, uh, kind of like your, your lifting history and, and kind of like what got you into fitness in the first place. Um, so as a, as a child from pretty much from the time I was 10 or 11, until about 17, I raced BMX pretty competitively. Mm -hmm. um, jacked myself up pretty good. Like <laughs> six or seven concussions. Oh, wow. Broke my femur, broke my nose a bunch of times, wrist, foot. Like, yeah. Uh, got to the point where, like, I, when I broke my femur, didn't know it was broken for like six months. Oh, shit. I had, like a spiral fracture in my, like, uh, that medial, I can't remember the name of the anatomy pretty much the inner part of, of my femur, um, mm -hmm. like within the capsule. Okay. Um, I was running cross country and I couldn't figure out like why my knee would just like balloon up after every single race and kind of drained a bunch of times. X-rays didn't show anything. It started shifting. So like my knee would kind of lock oh, and I was like, God. something's wrong. So finally mm -hmm. got an MRI and they're like, Oh, it's broken. <laughs> and I was like, fucking cool. Uh, wow. had a surgery. They're like, you're young. We're going to use these, like, uh, I forgot what they're called. It's pretty much, it grafts itself to the bone. So there are screws okay. you never have to remove. Mm -hmm. The surgeon was like, oh, man, we don't need to do any PT. It's totally fine. Um, you know, you, you cycle, you, you're super active. Um, mm -hmm. Just stay off of it for, like, you know, maybe two or three months. So mm -hmm. I do that, go right back into, like, cross country, into BMX, uh, broke all the screws within the first six months. So now I have like screw parts and stuff oh. shifting around there. It's still another surgery. Um, the titanium ones are now, um, but it like, it shredded like my medial meniscus. So they went and removed all of that or whatever was damaged. Um, oh. And from that point, you know, I, I actually got PT because they're like, mm -hmm. we can't, you can't control yourself. So mm -hmm. we're going to like dial you back, you know, put a little <laughs> limiter on it. Um, and my PT was just like super adamant. They're like, you're never going to lift. Like you're not going to squat. You're not going to do any high impact. So like no running, um, no, like, I don't know, field sports, stuff like that. Um, so I was like, boom, I like riding my bike. Maybe I'll just transfer into like doing like road cycling. Mm -hmm. So pretty much from like 19 to about 28 or 29, I was just, just long distance cycling. So, okay. um, I didn't really do like any racing or anything like that, but a lot of like bike touring. So like bike camping. Mm -hmm. So I've like done the whole West coast from like Seattle to San Diego a bunch of times. Um, wow. did Miami to Philly, um, like wow. solo, um, really fun. If you're okay being alone for that long, <laughs> uh, yeah. it's like challenging in its own way, but, um, sounds really I, hard. <laughs> it's just hard up here, you know, hard it's just mentally. like lifting. Yeah, it's harder <laughs> mentally than anything, because um, you you know you kind of get used to it for the most part. But uh, once you see a lot of stuff, you wouldn't see if you're like road tripping, so that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
But from there, I uh, was living in Santa Cruz in California. And I had a friend who's like, you like to do all this like endurance stuff. Like you should start doing these like rucks with me. Mm-hmm. So he's, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of it. It's kind of more popular now, but go rock. Yeah. I just heard about it actually about a week ago, which is funny. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in like 20, 2014, no shit. Maybe like 2013 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I started doing this like rock training with him and with go rock. It's all like, it's all led by ex special forces, like military. So you have like Green Berets, Marines, uh, SEALs, but it's all different cadres from that. And they, they have different length challenges. So there's like a six to eight hour one. Mm-hmm. There's like a 12 to 14 hour, a 24 hour, and then a 48 hour event. Okay. And it's all really based on just like team building. So like normally there's, you know, you have your cadre or two, and they're going to kind of run you through like military scenarios, things like that but everything's done with like a rucksack. So you have like, depending on your size, not necessarily your gender, um, it's anywhere between like 10 to 30 pounds. Okay. So you got 10 to 30 pounds on you. You're moving like sandbags, you're moving anything, man. Like we've had it where we like put people on a raft and carry people on a raft, like bags full of sand, like just random, random really shitty objects. (laughs) But it's pretty much just getting like from point A to point B. Uh-huh. Um, with like time restraints there's like you have to do like IED spotting so like you're like oh every time you see a uh, I don't know, like a fire hydrant you have to like disarm it by doing push-ups something silly like that but like it's long so you know you're you're doing anywhere between 10 to 30 miles worth of rocking within that time frame mm-hmm. and I like I liked it the training was like kind of arduous and it's again one of those things where it was more about being like mentally strong than it was being physically strong, mm-hmm. but uh, being physically strong helps, you know? Yeah. Um, so sometimes you'd have to carry other people. Mm-hmm. And I, at the time was probably at my biggest, like maybe 145, 150 pounds. Oh, so wow. I was like pretty small guy for being six foot. This is um, like 2015 ish. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, I was fast as shit and had like a lot of, <laughs> a lot of endurance, but uh, I just felt like I couldn't help as uh-huh. much as I really wanted to. So like you're carrying big ass logs. I'm a tall guy. So it's like, if I get under there and I'm not strong enough to hold it, I'm mm-hmm. offsetting it for everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I was like, man, I need to like put on some weight and get stronger. You were like, how tall you say you are? Six foot. So what? Wow, six feet and 145 pounds. Damn. Dude, I was, yeah. Again, I was, all I did was like, I ate maybe like, twice a day and all yeah. I did was ride my bike. So oh, it was like yeah. just all cardio, like not really any weight training until I started doing that type of stuff. And even then it was like mostly carrying sandbags, you know? So still like cardio, but like weighted. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, I did an event and I was like, it went really well. I finished and everything, but I was like kind of bummed that I wasn't able to help more. Mm-hmm. So I like made it a point to like, all right, I'm going to start adding in like, weight training at least at least for like legs uh-huh. twice a week okay so that was like kind of the first thing that really got me into the gym like squatting deadlifting if you want to call it that because it was yeah. <laughs> it was just like back extensions <laughs> at the point i can relate um, i can relate yeah so <laughs> it was i really liked it um i just felt like i didn't know what i was doing mm-hmm. so fast forward maybe like so that was in 2013. So by 2015, 
I moved out of town and my girlfriend at the time was going to CrossFit and I was like, cool. I mean, it's a different tile style of training. I'll give it a shot. At least I'll have like a coach to watch me, you know? Right. So at that point, that's when I started doing, I did CrossFit for maybe about a year or so. And that was, it was great. I learned how to squat a little bit better, learned how to deadlift a little bit better. Um, again, still a lot of cardio. So I think by that point, I, I had started, it kind of crept up to like maybe like 165, 170 okay. or so. And uh, after <clears throat> a year and a half or so, I'd say, I don't want to say I, I topped out because yeah. CrossFit, I mean, you see the people that, I mean, granted they're pro athletes at this point, but mm-hmm. I was like, man, I'm just not getting any better. I feel like I need to get stronger. Mm-hmm. So I kind of stepped away from it a little bit and started doing like first I started with like a power building like thing I found on like I can't remember if it was tnation or bodybuilding.com but it was like a 12-week program and uh I ran that like three times and like I probably added 60 to 80 pounds to my squat almost 100 pounds to my deadlift my bench was like it was real bad (laughs) I think (laughs) Yeah, so it was like my bench didn't go up all that much, but like I had never been doing any sort of pressing. Mm-hmm. You know, the most maybe was like doing like sandbag presses. Uh-huh. Um, Would you start and, on bench? On bench, when I stopped CrossFit, I think my one rep max, it was not horrible, but it was like 190. Okay. Um, yeah. You, so you it, was, about it wasn't like 170, you said? Yeah. Okay. So it was like, it was not a pretty rep uh-huh. <laughs> by any means, but it was like, it was relatively good. Um, but, you know, just ha- not really having much instruction. I mean, in CrossFit, even especially at our box, there was no one really, like, teaching you how to bench press. Mm-hmm. Something we did, like, once every three months, maybe. So, right. okay. Um, but, yeah, I, I did that 12-week program, like, three times. And I was like, this is, like, pretty fucking awesome. Like, I really like squatting because mm-hmm. um, I sucked at it. And I was like, I need to get better. Um, I liked deadlifting. And bench was, like, kind of hated it but it was like the big three so right had to do it (laughs) um and then i don't know what it was you know just being on instagram and seeing different things if you're like tagging workouts i ended up seeing a bunch of stuff from like steffi cohen and the people Mm -hmm. from like hybrid Mm -hmm. um and i I think that was the first it was the first program that i ran was like their their app like powerlifting program who's that's pretty good what's that which app was it um, hybrid performance method. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, Steffi Cohen. She's, I don't think she's a world record holder now, but she's, I think in the 123s, she was like deadlifting like over 500 pounds. Like, yeah, she's fucking yeah, monster. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and from there, like, I did the hybrid program probably for like maybe a year or so, did some stuff from Juggernaut, mm-hmm. um, got injured. Um, and then I found the guys from, I'm not sure you're familiar with Prescript, like Jordan Shallow, Jordan Junta. I don't think so. <clears throat> They're awesome. If, you, if you're looking for like um, kind of rehab, prehab type stuff mm-hmm. um, and biomechanics, they're just gigantic wealth of information. So I'll send over you the information with them. Yeah, I'm actually going to write that down over. right now. Uh, what was it again? So um, Jordan Shallow. Jordan Shallow, okay. And Jordan Junta. It's G U. A-N-T? A-N-T. A-N-T. Okay. 
I'll have to double check that. Um, but Prescript is their is their company. Um, if you're if you're a trainer, they have a like a trainer training system that's pretty amazing. Um, I haven't taken it personally, but I have a bunch of friends that are coaches that have taken it and spoke spoke highly of it. Okay. Um, but yeah, I worked with them a little bit just through their programming, got better, um, mm-hmm. and then in two thousand. 19, I think, was the first time I hired like an actual coach mm-hmm. and was like, all right, well, I've been doing powerlifting stuff for the better part of like three years. I should probably like compete. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was like, but I want to have someone that like can help me peak and all this stuff. Like pretty much any program I did, it was just like <clears throat> different different blocks. And, you know, you'd mm-hmm. eventually kind of like either do like a two rep max or maybe a one rep max mm-hmm. and then start it all over again. Um, but having a coach was like, pretty amazing. I think I went from having in the gym, maybe like a 1300 pound total to like almost a 1400 pound total in like nine months or so. Okay. So wow. I added like a hundred, hundred pounds to my total. Um, it's great. Um, he's, his name is Trevor Jaffe. Again, he's an amazing coach. If you ever want like more powerlifting, mm-hmm. uh, suggestions as far as like, I don't know what the word would be. No, tr- troubleshooting like cues and things like that. So, okay. and then, um, yeah, worked with my buddy Casey Williams for about a year and he mm-hmm. helped me get to like my biggest total now, which is a little over 1500. Um, so that was like a 530 pound squat, mm-hmm. a 365 pound de- or bench, and then a 630 pound deadlift. What would <clears throat> Um, so I would have, I didn't compete because of uh, COVID. Okay, so I was right. supposed to be doing a meet. Um, it was in Pennsylvania. My mm-hmm. coach is like immune compromised. I was like, I'm not going to go out there and do that. So I did it in a gym. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't count. <laughs> uh, but um, I think I weighed in that morning just to, just to kind of see. And I think I was at 228. Okay. So at my biggest, like a, a few weeks before that meet, I think I got up to like 235. Mm-hmm. And I was just like sleeping like shit. And like yeah. felt really lethargic and like just gross. So I was like, I cut back yeah. a little bit on my, my carbs and fixed a little bit of my sleep and <clears throat> ended up dropping just a few pounds right before, before that meet. But mm-hmm. um, I'm not a fan of weight classes if, if, for powerlifting, at least unless you're trying to like chase a total, mm-hmm. um, just go in as strong as you possibly can be. So yeah, um, at least that's what I've kind of learned from, from friends and, and coaches and whatnot. Yeah, that's crazy, though. You went from 145, technically, like when you first started getting into any sort of lifting, right, to 220. That's huge. Yeah, dude, (laughs) fucking so much food. (laughs) That's crazy. So much food. What Um, was your uh, calorie intake like over the years? At the highest, I think. And, you know, there was definitely times where, like, I got a little bit fat. (laughs) Um, I think the first time I broke into 200s was in, like, 2017 or 2018 around there mm-hmm. um and i was just chunky like i saw some photos <laughs> from vacation and i was like i'm strong but i'm a little bit fat <laughs> yeah, yeah. so I, I just kind of started implementing these little like mini cuts like um the guys rb strength they're really big mm-hmm. fans of those and so i do like a four or six week cut mm-hmm. drop you know like maybe like 10 percent body fat and then shoot back up mm-hmm. um but yeah i <clears throat> i think the most i had was it like 4,400 at one time? Um, a lot of the times I was just doing kind of like 
just using my fitness pal just to kind of like right. track it. So there's definitely times where I like, I know it was getting like so much more fats than I needed. Yeah. Um, than I needed like as far as like, you know, carb cycling, things like that. I just didn't know anything. So it was just like mm-hmm. eat, just eat, eat, eat. Yeah, right. That's what everyone said. They're like, just make sure you get protein mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then just eat as much as you can. And so mm-hmm. I did that and it worked kind of, but <laughs> yeah. Dude, the difference, I'm just like thinking about myself compared to you. I'm six feet tall also. And I started at probably about like 150 also, but I'm like a, I have a small fucking frame. Like I'm about like 185 and not the okay. most I've ever gotten to is like 205 eating over 4,000 calories a day. And I felt like, like how you felt at like 35 pounds heavier. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy with personal <clears throat> differences, you know? Totally. And I, I know that like I have a relatively fast metabolism or at least I kind of thought I did. Uh-huh. Um, at times I didn't feel like I'd ever hit 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, I hit 200 pounds and I was like, what is 220? You yeah. know? And then it was just like that slow road of just constantly being, I would say like throughout the year, I pretty much was just like progressively, progressively in a surplus mm-hmm. with the exception of like maybe three mini cuts a year. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those were like unintentional, like, depression mini cuts where yeah. I just like wasn't didn't have an appetite <clears throat> or I was like slightly injured or something um but I feel like it's really important for pretty much anyone is just to to constantly be in that like surplus you know maybe not an excessive one but 100 200 250 or so mm-hmm. um I think people are just kind of scared of getting fat where yeah, it's just for like sure. for sure it's hard like I know that like I've kind of changed my focus from powerlifting <clears throat> to more bodybuilding stuff and like Mm-hmm. as my body fat percentage has been rising i'm like oh man like i used to be more vascular like yeah. it, it kind of fucks with your head a little bit but yeah, for sure. you kind of you got to put that mass on if you want to actually add mass you know mm-hmm. um constantly being like in a in a deficit or in such a small surplus that you're probably not even in a surplus so i think it's mm-hmm. i don't know we kind of lie to ourselves sometimes so right. yeah <laughs> so yeah what do you think um would you ever cut back down to like uh i mean have you ever been in like the single digit or anything or are you interested in doing that a little bit more now than i was like a year ago because you're more Um, of a thing then yeah so i i've been dealing with this like weird glute issue for like probably four months now five months now i don't know how how it really arose but something with my piriformis where like pretty much anytime i get into that length and position of a deadlift so like pretty much pulling off the ground yeah um right. it almost like an electric kind of shock or so but like my like glute kind of fires and then i lose pretty much all the strength and drive out of my right leg so it's wow. this weird like yeah so like my left leg will lock out and then my other one's like whoop, and like oh, kind of follow suit okay and now it's like not into issues with like my squat and i'm like mm-hmm it's a bummer, but it's just like, you're always going to be speed bumps along the way, you know? Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm working with Steve at uh, revive stronger <clears throat> and maybe we'll see. Yeah. Uh, we're in a mass. We're in a mass right now, but I've never been other than when I was like really, really skinny. Uh, yeah. I've never been sub sub 10 that I know of, you know? Um, my buddy used to joke that just like, if you have abs and you're under 200 pounds, it doesn't count. And I was like, well, 
fuck you. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, me. <laughs> right? I'm like, god damn it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'd like to. Um, it's kind of weird. One of those things where like, you know, during the summer, I was, like I said, like 2.30, 2.35. Mm-hmm. And then I did this cut and a little bit longer than like, we'll call it a mini cut. Mm-hmm. But it got down to like <clears throat> 2.06 and I could probably probably get down to like 180 or so before I started getting like like stupid, stupid lean. Right. So I know I carry like a lot of like visceral fat, you know, but um, maybe we'll see. We'll see yeah. as, as things progress, figure out this whole injury thing. I don't want to go into a, into a big deficit while I'm injured. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm kind of curious, how, what's it like working with um, uh, the Revive Stronger team? So <clears throat> I just finished week three. Um, it's really good. It's super, there's lots of metrics for the most uh-huh. part, more metrics than I've ever kept track of. Like as far yeah. as like weight macros, um, I'm not doing any like heart rate variability or heart rate. Did I say that yeah. Right? That's yeah. HRP. fatigue measurement. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not doing any of that, but like I'm like logging my steps. Right. More stuff again than, than a power lifter probably, yeah. <laughs> probably does. Um, and working in more so not working for maximal strength. So working more so within that like reps and reserve, um, mm-hmm. it's a little bit harder for me to kind of wrap my head around, mm-hmm. but as the weeks have been progressing and like some input with Steve, um, I think it's, it's good. I really like it so far. Um, all of the, like their movement, movement library is really good as far mm-hmm. as like instructing how, how they want you to execute. Um, I just never really knew as far as doing like accessory stuff that like the angle of, you know, the muscle you're trying to work is like the way you pull is going to be super important as far as like you know, isolating that movement. So like changing how I do like curls and how I do like tricep extensions mm-hmm. um, and sort of like lateral raises, things like that. Um, even squatting, like <clears throat> I've always been a like relatively deep squatter. That's never been like a mobility issue for me, but getting like fucking ass to grass, like down yeah. there, like the RP guys, like the the full range of motion team. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Dr. Mike is someone like, that's how I found Steve is from Dalton calling Dr. Mike stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that was back in yeah 2016 or so. Mm-hmm. But I was like, uh, they're fucking huge. They're, they're big. <laughs> like they obviously know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, so that that's changed a little bit and just slowing things down, you know, mm-hmm. like we're working on the concentric and eccentric as well. But for the most part, you know, after three or four weeks, it's been good. Yeah. Um, my weight's been slowly climbing back up. Other than dealing with the injury, I feel stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, having more of a focus the past eight weeks on like hypertrophy work and not necessarily like like just working on strength. Mm-hmm. I've actually feel like I've been growing, which is like you'd think if you've been lifting like four or five days a week for four or five years straight that like I don't know, not that you'd top out, but like, you'd be like, cool. Like, I know, like, I'm not going to see a huge change, but within like eight weeks, Mm -hmm. you know, changing the way that, you know, the range of motion, how I'm executing things has definitely seen the improvement. So yeah, that that was going to be my next question. I was going to ask if you noticed a difference between like that style of training versus powerlifting, you know, and you kind of already answered it. Yeah, it's, it's definitely different. Um, Yeah, the hardest part is just not having like a number. So mm-hmm. that was always my thing where like RPE was kind of hard for me to work with when I had my first coach. Mm-hmm. Um, my other coach did more percentage based stuff where, you know, you say a number, 
and I'm going to hit that number for the day mm-hmm. opposed to this where it's just like work up to three to four RIR. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> like, cause I know that like the way that my body is and the way that like mentally, like I'll grind through some stuff, but I don't want to grind through it in like a shitty range of motion or just completely lose form, things like that. So it's different, but it's like, it's definitely showing improvements mm-hmm. um, aesthetically, I guess you could say. It's not the most weight I'm lift. I've lifted, which is like a kind of a mind fuck. Um, uh-huh, exactly. but it's, it's good, man. It's good. Yeah. I, I can definitely uh, relate in the sense that I feel like I'm like, my numbers are not impressive in the least bit. Uh, but I feel like I'm still tied to mentally to how much I'm lifting and not so much like how it feels or, you know, like the things yeah. that, are, that you're probably focusing on more right now. So I totally get that. Totally. Like I've never, like I've never squatted, trying to trying to be like mentally in touch with like my quads yeah exactly you know what i mean like feeling that full like lengthening almost like kind of tearing sensation in the bottom of your squat yeah it was never that it was more so just like bracing you know stacking my torso keeping my chest high uh-huh. and that's it <laughs> you know like rooting and just moving the weight basically exactly yeah um, that's i I've, i feel like i'd be really interested in in like pursuing that kind of thing eventually, but I, I just cannot break that mental, you know, that thing with just lifting the number. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's hard. I think it's just trying to like align your goals with, with the work you're putting in, which yeah. I feel like most people, like I'm really, I'm not the type of person that breaks, breaks away from the program. Mm-hmm. Like my coach does something, I'm going to do all the accessories when do the work. Cause like <clears throat> you do the work, you get results. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I'm sure you've seen it too, or you go to a gym you see the same people there all the time doing the same shit and they like, they never really progress. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, why, why don't you like either change things or like progressive overload, you know, like yeah, slowly yeah. start building up. Yep. Um, Cause doing the same shit over and over, doesn't really kind of bode well for any sort of progress. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I think, I think overall, like, it'll take some time to like refocus <clears throat> and not be so concerned about like the weight that's on the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, when you start seeing results, then you're like, that's where the fucking money is. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a little bit of a mind shift there. Um, so in terms of like, uh, I, I, I want to talk about your diet and stuff and how, what, how you got into veganism and everything. And uh, I get, I guess just to start us off, when did you kind of find your way towards uh, eating plant-based? So, I've never really liked red meat. Uh-huh. Um, my my mom's Catholic, so during during Lent, you usually don't eat red meat. Um, it would be like fish, something like that. So that was always like my favorite time of the year because my parents wouldn't harass me about like eating I don't know <laughs> tri-tip or something fucking like that. Um, and then you know usually give something up, right? So I. I used that to my advantage and was like, well, I'm not going to eat red meat or chicken anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think I was like maybe 14 or 15 at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, like right before high school started. <clears throat> and I think that was kind of the first, I don't know if I would consider myself like a pescatarian mm-hmm. at that point. Cause I would still eat sushi, no other fish really. But uh, yeah, I still drink milk and things like that. And then I was, kind of like that pescatarian i guess you can say until i was about 20 mm-hmm. and then i moved away from home i started meeting more friends i met had a few friends that were vegan or vegetarian mm-hmm. 
and just from hanging out with them, it was this really slow transition of just like, you know, we all cook together. They like introduced me to cooking, which is if you're, if you're not into that and you're vegan, it's going to be yeah. real fucking hard. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, definitely. you know, like getting books and things like that and kind of just like learning how to cook was really, it was eye opening. And then just being around them and like understanding a little bit more of the ideology behind veganism. Um, it kind of just was a, a slow transition where it was like, you know, a month or so. And I was like, damn, I haven't eaten like any animal products. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I feel great. I'm still riding. I'm putting like at least a hundred miles a week, mm-hmm. if not more, there's no change in like my output, my energy. Um, and yeah, I kind of was just like, well, I guess I'm vegan now. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, cause I, you know, I, I have always loved animals and mm-hmm. thought of, you know, especially knowing more about like the meat industry, especially in America, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, this shit's fucked, you know, like it yeah, just, definitely. it was more of like a moral choice than it was ever like a choice about health. Because mm-hmm. um, at the time I was like drinking way too much. <laughs> and yeah. like I, when I did eat, it was vegan, but like, um, yeah, my health was not my concern at that time in my life. Yeah. Um, so, and even now it's just like, I know that there's other routes, um, that it's easier to not be vegan when, when pursuing like athletics and things like that mm-hmm. more so now than like 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I just, I feel like it became more of an ethics thing than it was really a performance based thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't have like, I never did as much activity and things like that as a non vegan. So it's really hard for me to kind of give like a point of reference as far as like, well, like my, <clears throat> you know, my power output increased or like my endurance increased or anything like that. But I'm like, at the end of the day, man, like just do the work. I yeah. Like if you're going to find a, a cop out or a reason why you aren't progressing, it could be your diet. It could be anything. Mm-hmm. People always find excuses for why they aren't doing shit that they're, that they need to do to progress. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, I understand people have like dietary issues and things like that, but, mm-hmm. um, I never want to use that as like as a crutch, I guess you could say. Yeah, I definitely know what you mean. I feel like a lot of people are quick to blame their diet for something that is totally unrelated. Yeah. Cause to me it's like, okay, well <clears throat> if it's if it's really your diet, like are you are you hydrated? Mm-hmm. Are you sleeping eight to nine hours a night? What's your stress level like? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, all of those factors are gonna play such a bigger significant role in like you progressing. Mm-hmm. than like what you're putting in your body granted your food is it's super important but yeah. if you don't have the other metrics and you know in check then like maybe address those things and then yeah. see if it is your diet you know yeah. um because there's people that have been like you know that are carnivore that eat all this fucking meat and then they still suck at programming they suck mm-hmm. at sleeping they drink on the weekends they don't drink any water and mm-hmm. they they don't make any progress yeah. <laughs> so it's like yeah, it's one of those things where it could be on either end of that spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sorry, I feel like I got off on a tangent there. No, no, no. <laughs> that's a great point. Yeah, it's, it's you know, I totally agree. It's like, it's not about just, you know, people blame their, uh, their, res- their lack of results in their diet too much. And it's not so much what they are or aren't eating. It's, you know, there's there's a bigger picture there. So that was, that's a really good good point. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, but just to kind of tie us back in a little bit. So you were, um, you were vegan when you were cycling in 145 pounds, right? Yeah. So were you, were you ever like criticized for being like the skinny vegan dude? <laughs> oh, of course. Of course. And I also like, 
excuse me. Um, so I was like, I was vegan. Um, I had locks that were like pretty much down to my, my knees. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So I was like, I was like the stereotypical <laughs> vegan, yeah. but it was like, I was quick on a bike and like I had yeah. a tank that just wouldn't, wouldn't quit. So it's like, you can kind of talk shit on it, but at the end of the day, like mm-hmm. get on the bike and let's go, you know? So it's like, I feel like the actions spoke louder than, I don't know, the food I was fucking putting in my mouth. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So when you kind of started getting into lifting and stuff, um, I guess you were kind of surrounded around more kind of like, uh, I guess, stereotypical, uh, you know, meatheads who kind of ate like a lot of meat, obviously, and everything. And they weren't, maybe they weren't really used to veganism or anything, but you were come in and after a couple of years, you know, you're, you're pulling pretty big numbers and stuff. Did you ever get any reactions from that? I never, I never bring it up. <laughs> okay, okay. So I just never really talk about it. Uh, yeah. I don't want to be like a preachy vegan. Um, oh. Cause I, I know that it's, it's, it's a personal choice and uh, like what other people put in their mouth don't, doesn't make me shit, you know? Um, so <clears throat> I don't really talk about it. If I wear a shirt or something, that's always the funniest reaction where it's just like, hold on, you're vegan. And I'd be like, yeah, like, what the fuck? And I'm like, yeah, like, like when? And I was like, Oh, like it's been like 12 years. Yeah. Like, what? So like <laughs> definitely gets a, a reaction. Um, I've had like the first coach I had was just like, the dude doesn't eat fucking vegetables. Oh, damn. I don't understand. <laughs> like, he just eats multivitamins, and, like, his girlfriend has to, like, grind his vegetables up and his fucking pasta sauce. Like, yeah. don't I don't understand it. He's strong as shit. Um, yeah. So it's, like, you know, a 198-er that pulls 800 pounds. Like, that's yeah. fucking insane. There's but, an example where, like, you don't necessarily have to have a, a diet that's optimal for health necessarily. I mean, you can get yeah. strong on a diet as long as you're hitting your macronutrients and calories, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And so it was just like, you know, if there's performance drop off, then, like, you know, maybe we should address that. Yeah. <clears throat> but, there, but there wasn't, you know? Um, it's like, I feel like I've gone that long eating the way I do that if I saw some sort of detriment, it would have kind of showcased itself in the past, you know, mm-hmm. in the past. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm lucky enough that like at that CrossFit gym that I went to, mm-hmm. uh, my girlfriend at the time was vegan. Um, two of the other coaches that were coaching there were both vegan. So it was one of the things where like all the strongest, fastest people that are in this box <laughs> are vegan. Like you can talk shit, but at the end of the day, like I'm still going to like yeah. crush your time or crush the weight that you're lifting. And so it was kind of, it was funny and like a very like, very unique experience so not having to deal with like i don't know going to like a globo gym and dealing with like me head bros um mm-hmm. i feel like the community that i was started lifting in was very very like welcoming and not really like i don't know just didn't talk shit or try and like pick on you <laughs> yeah. yeah so that's a that's a good example uh you know like you said with the crossfit gym the the str- strongest fittest people were vegans and vegans were like what um uh, fucking three percent of the population or something right yeah yeah it it goes to show that at least it's not a diet that's necessarily detracting from your performance i mean you could argue one way or the other you could argue the semantics but i don't think that it's subtracting from performance in my opinion at least yeah i feel like there's definitely like unique cases where you know if you wanted to like step on the stage at the arnold or the mr olympia Mm -hmm. that might be hard like getting like that many, you know, metrics dialed in as far as like your macros, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never seen someone that's like naturally built themselves up 
mm-hmm. being getting that big, even if they're like an enhanced athlete. But vegan, I don't know. I've never seen it. I'm yeah. sure it's possible. Yeah. Um, That's another yeah, great like, point. That's another great yeah. point because uh, vegans a lot of times are more uh, kind of health conscious, I guess I should say. Yeah. And, uh, even, even if they're not uh, vegan for health purposes, you know, a lot of us try to be like, you know, eat a lot of vegetables and try to eat a little bit better. But, um, you know, a lot of them don't take a ton of gear or anything. And obviously to get on the step on the st- Olympia stage, you got to be doing everything you can, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and also have amazing genetics and you exactly. Know, exactly. a decade worth of training under your belt. So um, who knows? Maybe someday we'll see it. Uh, Maybe. Yeah. But, there's um that one dude i don't know if you follow him at all evan uh, cardone you do you know him hold on is he the dude like the the kind of like the deadlift kid yeah okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i try not to look at that yeah. <laughs> um yeah it's just he's an interesting person um, yeah I, I definitely know what you mean uh the dude openly talks about how much gear he uses and stuff and he is you can say what you want about him but he's still strong as shit he's like deadlifting like 855 or something that's yeah something insane where it's just like you can't you know the kids has a strong back yeah (laughs) yeah so you know you could say you could say it's the gear but like some people are just built to deadlift and some people just can grind this shit out yeah and like for someone that that maxes out that often like you know like i think ed cohen said it. there's only a you know a number of one rep maxes in your in your lifetime yeah um I'm not sure how true that is, but at the end of the day, like, you know, you can only like rev that engine so hard before you throw a rod, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he's, he's fucking strong. I'll get him that, that he's vegan too. Yeah. 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 Which I has, I don't know how long he's been vegan, but it seems like it's been a decent amount of time. I think it's been like uh, I don't follow him super closely, but I think it's been at least over five years or something. Nice. So yeah, if you, if you were going to see like some sort of detriment to his, to his progress and stuff, it, feel like it would have shown itself (laughs) at some point the reason i brought him up is because he's just one of the examples of probably the extremely rare vegan person who's actually on a lot of gear and open about it and and shit too so i think that's pretty cool seeing it all come together just to show that you know it is possible for regardless of diet i mean you have to have genetics obviously Uh, not everyone can just do that but yeah um so yeah, so where let's see. So um, I guess to get a little bit back on terms of diet for you, um, how do you, what's your average day of eating? And uh, are, you said you're kind of getting into like calorie and uh, macronutrient counting and stuff a little more yeah. closely. A little bit more closely. So <clears throat> so Steve has like a caloric goal for me. Uh-huh. Um, pretty much like a goal for the week, um, like a weekly average. Um, but it has like my my proteins like two forty to two sixty. Can look it up right now because I, and that's like total protein. So, you know, even things like oats, rice, things like that are going to add into that total. Um, I know some people don't count those, um, but if you're getting like multiple sources of protein to help kind of build those, getting all those essential amino acids. Um, but yeah, I think I'm like 240 to 260 for my protein. Um, shit. Wish I had this all memorized. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. No problem. Let's see. Yeah, my carbs are only at like 410 right now. Fiber is like 38. And then my fats, ideally no more than like 77. Um, it's kind of hard with fats. I mean, I'm sure you've kind of dealt with it too, especially if you're cutting like a lot of the vegan proteins are always bound with like fats or carbs. 
Yeah. So <clears throat> I feel like I have an issue with like, as far as like really kind of dialing in tracking stuff, mm-hmm. like I always overshoot my fats and like I can get everything else in, but it's like trying to rein in those fats has, has been a little bit difficult for me. Mm-hmm. Um, What's your staple yeah. source there for like a low fat, high protein source? Oh man. I've been really liking those like Gardein crumbles. Um, uh, oh, like the, um, the hamburger kind of crumbles? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. they're like, they're super cheap. Um, and I think like, what is it? I think it's either like 19 or 20 grams of protein mm-hmm. per serving and only like maybe three to four grams of fat. Mm-hmm. And then I think the carbs are relatively low as well. Um, but yeah, that and like seitan, those are kind of like yeah. the go-to. Um, I, I messed around a lot with like eating those like tofurkey sausages oh, for a long time, them. and they're like delicious, but they're like so the good. fat's crazy, the sodium's super high. Yeah. Um, I have an issue like pretty much once I pass like two twenty, if my sodium's too high, I just start getting edema and like I just carry water like really gnarly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on my feet all the time when I work, so it's like my like feet will get swollen and my weight. Oh wow. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I have an issue with like, I need to control my sodium. <laughs> um, so those, no, those sausages used to be like a staple, but I can't do them anymore. They're too, they're too gnarly. Um, that like, I really, as far as like a supplement, um, I really like the protein from like true nutrition. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. I love them. Um, they have like tons of different, uh, tons of different flavors. They do like, you can do like a essential amino acid mm-hmm. addition, things like that. Yeah. I um, love you guys. But yeah, I try and keep it simple. Like I can be a robot when it comes to, like eating. Like I'll eat the same shit every single day, three to four times a day, and that yeah. doesn't really bother me. Um, but for carbs, it's usually like oats, white rice, um, sweet potato, um, veggies, just a variety of mixed vegetables if I can, like mm-hmm. leafy greens. Um, and then for fats, it's either like olive oil, peanut butter. I don't really do coconut oil as much as I used to because now I'm like, man, like everything I'm eating has fat in it. I need to like yeah. <laughs> dial it back down. Yeah. But yeah, um, I don't, I think the biggest issue I have with like doing things, not having as much processed food, which I, I wish I could do a little bit better. is just, I always feel like I overshoot my fats or I overshoot my carbs or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to get that much protein in. It's like, kind of hard not to supplement with like either some of those processed like faux meats or or like protein shakes so so what's like an average day of eating look like for you lately for meals um so usually like i get up i get up like an hour or two before my girlfriend mm-hmm. i do like a shake so like it's like a cup and a half of oats um two scoops of protein a little bit of peanut butter throw some coffee in there a little bit of that silk protein milk um usually have that and then first lunch is either like seitan or gardein with some like rice or sweet potatoes mm-hmm. green beans or peas do that pretty much the same meal again by like second lunch mm-hmm. and then dinner is one of those things where like i like to cook my girlfriend likes variety let's say that um <laughs> so dinner always always varies but it's always i try and have most of my carbs most of my carbs earlier in the day because i tend to work out in the morning and then as the day progresses, I'll kind of like reduce the amount of carbs I have, reduce the fats a little bit. Um, but the protein stays relatively same throughout the day. So, you know, it's usually around like about like total protein, probably around like about 70, 60 to 70 grams per okay. meal. Per meal. Yeah. Um, 
working with the revive stronger team, do they say, do they give you any extra um, kind of like directions or anything for eating vegan? Do they coach your diet? No. Um, <clears throat> so the way that they program as far as like the dietary portion is like, they're going to give you like the macros and it's just like, okay. you know, one of those, like if it fits your macros, but like, okay. don't be, don't be an idiot. Like <laughs> if you're missing carbs, don't eat like a shit ton of sour patch kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, you know, try and keep in, keep in mind that you still need like those like micronutrients, mm-hmm. need your vitamins, things like that. So, you know, if you start seeing like a drop off, like you're hitting your calories, but performance is dropping off and you're like, you're not overreaching as far as like program, then it's like, I feel, I feel like there's more of a discussion about like what you're actually eating. Mm-hmm. Um, but we haven't, it's so new that I haven't really kind of gotten to that point yet. Okay. How long has it been? You said like, you said three weeks only. So I just started today was week four. Oh, week four. Okay. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Started week four. Okay, cool. Um, so I guess uh, if you had any advice for anybody who is kind of just like a, a newer, uh, let's say a lifter starting um, a vegan diet or something, what, what would be some of your biggest tips you could offer? You think tracking, that's the biggest one. Um, tracking your macros is, you know, doing a little bit of research. Cause in the beginning, like I had no idea what macros were, you know, so it was going through like listening to podcasts, not necessarily like vegan specific ones. Um, but just, you know, the guys at RP strength are really amazing. Um, that's how I met Steve is through revive stronger. Um, Ben Pukowski, his stuff's amazing. Um, but yeah, just kind of reaching out there and figuring out, you know, what you're eating. Cause I think that's the biggest misconception people have. They're like, well, I eat all the time and I just can't put on weight. And I'm like, do you track anything? And they're like, well, no. Yeah. So it's like, so, cause I know when I, if I eat just to feel full, mm-hmm. I'll be like under my calories probably by like a thousand. Yeah. Like that's cause I, I'm, I'm a, from a young age, I was never super hungry. Mm-hmm. Unless it's junk food, so mm-hmm. it's like I know that like I'm not gonna like consistently hit my my surplus. Mm-hmm. So that's I would say that's the first thing. It's like you know download like chronometer or like my fitness pal if you want to go with something that's a little bit more like I don't know regimented. Like the RP Strength app is pretty good, but it's not the best for vegans at the time now. I know that they're trying to work on that. Um, but track you know tracking your macros, making sure that like you know you do it for at least like a week or two, kind of see what your baseline is. Mm-hmm. And be like, all right, well, if I want to gain mass, you can put that in as like your goal. And then it'll give you like a set, set of macros to kind of, kind of reach. And then just like mess with it, you know, like put in the things that you normally eat. And then from that point forward, just start adding in like adding in carbs or adding in proteins. Um, it's kind of hard to track as far as like, I know they do some of the essential <clears throat> vitamins things like that but you know because it has everything broken down for you if you kind of go through the app a little bit more but definitely tracking that's the biggest one if people are trying to like build muscle it's just got to be in a surplus you can't just guesstimate that shit um because you're, you're going to be wrong you know yeah. um other than that consistency and programming um like have a plan that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing i feel like that has helped me progress is like i always have a plan stick to my plan it's like I'm not going to go off and do like some dickhead one rep max just because everyone's there. Like just have some conviction and stick to stick to what your plan is and follow through. Like I think the biggest issue people have with like becoming vegan and trying to like incorporate it with their fitness is like, don't think of this in like, I want to see results in a month. 
mm-hmm. like have a little bit longer be like i want to see what where i'm at at six months i want to see where i'm at at a year and like set weight goals for yourself because that was my thing is like well i talked to someone that you know years ago that was like i'd put i want you at 275 if you want to be a good power lifter 275 pounds you'll walk around weight will be like 280 290 and we'll yep. cut you to 275 to compete and i was like what the fuck like that was literally 100 pounds more than i was at and i was like yeah couldn't even fucking fathom it and i get it like weight moves weight but not all weight you know like you have that muscle to move to move big weight but um um kind of got up to there sorry um i I was gonna say that if you're uh i've always i've always heard that uh weight classes are like height classes so like if you're like six feet taller or taller you have to be like 275 plus to be even somewhat competitive you know yeah and if you're if you're like a smaller guy like, you know, say if you're five, eight, five, six, like 275 is going to be different for you when you're squatting, things like that. Just like mechanics and levers are going to be significantly different depending on, depending on your height and whatnot. Um, but yeah, definitely like setting goals and then just kind of following through. Like even with, with programming as well, like I feel like people only, you know, they get four weeks into a program and they don't have shredded abs. Like you have to have patience Anyone that's trying to sell you shit online that's going to be like, we're going to transform you in four to six weeks. And I'm like, you can suck a dick. That's <laughs> not going to happen. Like, you might feel better. You might see some slight body comp changes. But, like, for anyone that's really, really new to lifting, like, mm-hmm. it's going to take time. And I know that, like, we live in a time where, like, everyone wants shit right away. But, mm-hmm. like, this is it's a long, 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 long journey <laughs> for the really most part. Is. Yeah, so I think that's the thing is just like setting goals and then having like very really realistic time frames. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you know, it's one of those things where like, you might not even really like working out. That's, that's fine. Like mm-hmm. it's totally fine, so, but give it a shot, see how it works for you. And then if it's not your cup of tea, then like go find something else you're passionate about. But. Yeah. That's amazing advice, man. I wouldn't change a single thing you said there. That was, that was super helpful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. For anybody, yeah, for anybody who's just starting out, that's like the, the most important thing you can do. Just be consistent, be smart about your diet, and uh, just do the damn work. <laughs> yeah, do the, do the work. That's the biggest thing. And like, it's yeah, consistency will kind of I won't say trump everything else, but kind of. <laughs> you know, like yeah. you're gonna see progress, especially if you're new. Uh-huh. Progress is gonna come really, really, really quick in the very beginning. Like maybe the first like two or three years, it'll mm-hmm. just be adding on adding on mass, adding, you know, plates to the bar, um, if that's your goal, but you know, definitely consistency and don't let people give you shit. Like if, if you want to use that as fuel to like push yourself to like prove people wrong, it's not my, my type of thing, but like just keep doing it. And like, if you keep showing up, you're going to progress. And then they'll be like, dude, so you got to tell me about this vegan shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you probably have that where it's just like, damn, man, you're looking fucking good. Uh, like, what do you eat? Yeah. Like, well, what I eat <laughs> is pertinent to me. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to help you directly, but um, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, don't let people give you shit about it. Um, yeah. Just keep, keep doing the fucking work. Yeah. That's another great point you just kind of touched on too there. It's kind of like uh, you can almost let your own uh, body be, or like your own body or your own strength be like the um, advocacy behind, uh, you know, being vegan, you know? Yeah. People see how fit you're strong you are, and they're like, damn, this guy's vegan too. Maybe I should look into that. <laughs> totally. I mean, I'm sure you've had that conversation with people. Like, I've had a good number of friends that, like, were 
probably like three or four of them that are like been vegan long term now mm-hmm. um and are doing doing fucking great and like really enjoy it um more so i feel like they got into it for the the health aspects of it mm-hmm. um more than like the i don't know the ethics of it yeah which is totally fine as well you know um but yeah i feel like yeah just let your let your work do all the talking yeah um because there's people in the gym that are just going to talk regardless mm-hmm. you know <laughs> like whether you're like keto or fucking carnivore or like if it fits your macros like someone's always going to try and like persuade you to do the shit that's not working for them <laughs> yeah i think I'm, I'm definitely with you with the approach of just kind of like not so much like talk i i this is kind of a little bit contradictory because i have like a vegan fitness instagram it's like the whole focus but no like, yeah yeah, in real life, I kind of just let everyone do their own thing. And like, I'm more than happy to talk about being vegan and, and you know, fitness and everything in person. But it's something that I've, I've lived for so long now. And I, you know, I, I kind of have like that as like an online persona where in real life, I just kind of want to, you know, not always think about that and stress, stress out about it. You know, it's yeah, a big, cause it's not, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a part of your life, but it's not who you are. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. so, um, and I feel like, it's kind of hard because with like Instagram, just social media in general, like it's, that's who you are. Like, you know, it's that display that, that's kind of on there. Um, yeah. So people can kind of get a misconception about it, but um, yeah, it's, it is what it is. <laughs> but I get, I get what you mean. Like I try not to bring it up unless someone wants to talk about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You always know if someone actually wants to talk about it or if they just want to argue. Oh yeah. Oh, most, most definitely. Um, thankfully it's, I don't know, like now that I'm in the home gym, oh. <laughs> uh, that's never a thing. <laughs> Say hi. But, yeah. All right, cool, man. So, um, yeah, we're kind of getting close to an hour here. So I just want to touch cool. on a couple more little yeah. quick things, but, um, to kind of bring us home a little bit, uh, do you have any long-term goals or anything you're kind of working towards right now? Um, getting this glute issue yeah, right. <laughs> under control. Um, you know, I don't know, like I've really enjoyed the power or the bodybuilding style of training. Mm-hmm. I want to try and kind of see how, where that takes me over the next like year or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so I told Steve, I'm going to dedicate a year to it. Um, I feel like I had a bunch of lagging body parts that like, if I can build mass focusing on this type of work, mm-hmm. if, and when I go back to powerlifting, it's only going to help me. Um, right. we're talking about levers and things like that. Like I'm a lanky guy. I got long ass arms, long ass legs. Um, my big goal is like, I want to build my chest, build my triceps so I can bench better. Um, build my hamstrings, build my quads so I can spot and deadlift more, you know? Um, yeah. so, you know, with, with the whole aesthetic side of it, um, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm built kind of fucking weird. So, <laughs> uh, and it could be just like my own like weird body dysmorphia stuff, um, yeah, creeping right. in on that. But like, I don't know if I'll ever like step on stage uh-huh. if I did. I mean, like I'd be in the master's division anyways, cause I'm already like 36. So like, um, maybe in five years, I don't know that would be cool to, to <laughs> get on stage and be like, you know, 5% sub sub five. Um, would you be into that? Yeah. I like the idea of it. The only thing is like, I don't want, I like powerlifting because it doesn't negatively affect my family life. Mm-hmm. So if I get to the point where like, I'm like, my diet is so regimented that like, I can't enjoy time and like meals and things with my wife, mm-hmm. that doesn't play into my life. You know, yeah. um, if she's yeah. into it and she's like, cool, like, let's do this. 
then maybe, but you know, definitely one of those things where like I can diet relatively hard <clears throat> if I can be like, all right, well, there's like a, a light at the end of the tunnel, you know? Um, but if it's one of those things where like just constantly going like small massing and then big cuts to do like competitions, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, I might do it once, but mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see how things go. But powerlifting wise, like my, the goal before the whole injury thing was like to hit like a, like an 1800 pound total before I turned 40, um, which would be pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, amazing. Yeah. I, um, I mean, it would be adding like close to 300 pounds to my total right now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even when I did max out last time, there was still some in the tank. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's definitely still like on the list of things I want to do, mm-hmm. but just got to get healthy first. So yeah. Would you uh, bulk up more to hit that goal? Probably. Yeah. yeah. I'd probably like, if I can get to like a, like a relatively lean to 20, I'd probably, I'd probably push my way up. So I'd compete in like the 242s. Mm-hmm. So like the 110 kilo class or so. Um, okay. I feel like I'd just be at my strongest around that. Um, yeah. I don't, and like I'd be at my strongest and not have a real detriment to my health. You know? Yeah. Right. So that's the main goal is like over this next year, maybe longer is just to like build myself up, like build mass, like healthy, like lean mass. Um, and then, you know, <clears throat> maybe get a little bit fluffy if I'm going to yeah. compete for powerlifting. Yeah. It seems like you have some room to grow still. Like you're not like, you're still pretty thin. Like you're not like, you're yeah. not like high body fat or anything. No, no. I've, I definitely kind of learned my lesson with that where I think it's a, a trap that some people fall into with powerlifting is getting this idea that weight moves weight. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, that's kind of like the the premise that I got where I was like, all right, so I'm just going to eat and just eat and just eat. Yeah, yeah. And like after, after a certain you know body fat percentage, you might be putting on lean mass, but mm-hmm. for the most part, you're just storing adipose. Yeah. So definitely good point. I feel like that's something that people don't really understand is like, you're just going to get overly fat and then, you know, your recovery is going to go to shit. Like you're going to sleep bad. Like I get like sleep apnea when I'm over like two thirty. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, things like that where it's just like, you can always get so big without, without it kind of just like wrecking the rest of your programming. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. I want to try and keep it like lean. That's what I mean. Like five years is going to be like a lot of building, building and shaping throughout that process. Yeah. Well, that'd be really cool to see, man, if you, if you pursue it. Thank you. Thank you. I'll try. I mean, I ain't got shit else to do. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be following along, dude. I'm rooting for you. Nice. How about you? Are you like, do you, do you have any aspirations to compete in like any sort of like barbell sports or? Um, I did one powerlifting meet only just because I was training at a powerlifting gym and um, I was like, damn, I should do this. I'm really, really into the idea of powerlifting, but I'm just genetically like not a very strong dude. Like I, my best deadlift is like 465 at like 183 pounds. I'm just a small guy. Like, I feel uh, like that's, that's still, I mean, if you think about it, like it's really hard when you're in a powerlifting gym, like that's, that's kind of what got me to do my first meet too, is like the gym I was at, um, Tony Montgomery. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. No. Um, you should check. I'll send you a message too, and we'll kind of talk about some different like podcasts if you're interested in. Oh yeah, man, for uh, sure. Like more like, 
informational, not just always talking about powerlifting. Um, okay. But yeah, the dude has like a 2,000 pound total. Uh, Sean Doyle works out there. The dude has a 2,300 pound total. He's That's super heavy. Fucking insane. He's, he's huge. So like the first day I went there, uh, another gentleman, Chris Bridgeford, who owns a gym up here, mm-hmm. he's just like, hey, do you want to spot me? And this dude's doing close grip, 425 with chains, just fucking repping out close grip bench. And I was just like, what the fuck? Utterly <laughs> just mind like, blowing. Yeah, mind blowing. Like you see Sean, Sean's deadlifting like 700 pounds. And like, it's, it's super inspirational to kind of mm-hmm. see that. Um, but at the same time, like a little bit daunting where you're just yeah. like, fuck, I'm in the jungle now. <laughs> um, but like when you go to like any sort of, I mean, not now, but any sort of like Globo gym, like it's rare to see someone pull four plates. Yeah, it you know, is. It's rare to see some people squat three plates. It's most people are like benching like two plates just because like, you know, everyday chest day type thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know, man. That's I feel like that's still pretty fucking strong. I'm just stoked to like try to progress on my own terms, you know, I, like yeah. I know I'm never going to be deadlifting 700 pounds, but uh, yeah, like I, I like to just try to stay kind of lean, but focus on like the, you know, the, the more of the powerlifting, like to, for lack of a better term, power building, I guess, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I don't think I would ever step on stage or anything. I'm not interested. I'm more in, interested in the performance side while not being that great at performing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. No, no. I mean, that's, that's, my biggest thing that kind of started this all was just like, I just want to get strong. Yeah. I just want to be strong. Like I hate, I, I'm not a fan of him, but I like Mark Bell guy, like strength is never a weakness. Yep. Yeah. I will fucking, I wish he didn't say it, but yes, like it's never, it's never going to be a detriment. Uh, uh, you granted like, you know, really, and he just really went off the wagon. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, got really super bad. hard. Uh, he's kind of a dick too. So uh, never have the chance to meet him. I I I didn't buy the slingshot for like not even kidding four years, even though I wanted it for so long because I didn't want to support him. (laughs) Oh yeah, so like my coach, my old coach doesn't like. He's not a fan of him either. Uh And I was like, yeah, I want to get one of these slingshots, and he was just like. I was like, but I don't want to buy it from Mark Bell. That guy fucking sucks. And he was just like, fucking thank you. but yeah, he's just, he's kind of, a, he's a fucking prick. <laughs> so like, that's, and, that's so funny. I was just talking to somebody about this like last week too, about how much we dislike the guy. He just, yeah, seems like and it's fine. Like, I mean, he's doing his own thing and like, whatever, but yeah, just a little bit too loony for me. Yeah. And, like closed mind, like someone that seems like they're open-minded, but is extremely closed-minded. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. It's, it's funny. Like, especially when he starts bringing on people that are like, very scientific like scientifically you know based oh, yeah. like like yeah. uh dr mike was on there once and i was just oh, like this God. is hilarious because you could tell that he wanted him to like support keto and dr mark's no doesn't there's no scientific backing to it yeah being like if you're trying to get fucking huge and super fucking strong it doesn't help if you're like a washed up power lifter who wants to get really lean awesome but like don't like spew that type of shit like to the masses and expect everyone to be like you know increasing their performance yeah but yeah i really like those uh renaissance periodization guys just because they seem like they really do care first and foremost about the actual evidence and not personal biases which is awesome yeah totally like even when like that game changer movie came out they did like the response to it and it was like i watched it and i was like 
feel like there's going to be a lot of memes about, yeah, <laughs> about this. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I was like, not really like the most evidence-based thing. Uh, huh. But it's, again, like if you're getting all of your information from a, a documentary on, on Netflix, like you should probably reassess like <laughs> yeah. the knowledge that you're taking in. It shouldn't yeah. all be from that, from that one like source. Point, but then like do your own research kind of thing, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it might spark interest, but like don't, don't let it stop there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's fucking awesome though, man. I think it's just good to like, I don't know, continue to train your body. Like, I'm not sure about what your background is as far as family, but like everyone on my side of the family has like health issues, um, either related to like sedentary lifestyle or just, just poor eating habits and things like that. And like, mm-hmm. in my mind, I was like, I don't ever want to be with that, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I think like just building mass now and building like strong, healthy bones and muscles, um, as long as you're doing it healthy and like smart, like it's going to carry over into your, your older years um mm-hmm. the people that stop moving fucking die so like yeah just having that like getting that ingrained into your like everyday life i think is just crucial for everyone mm-hmm. regardless of what they eat so um yeah man so yeah. That's, that's those are some great closing words dude I, that was great uh Fuck yeah, man. thank you for uh thank you again for uh reaching out yeah dude definitely where can people find you on uh social media if they want to um, so if you want to follow my personal Instagram, it's really boring. It's just me lifting and like maybe pictures of my dogs and cat and my wife. <laughs> um, it's not super PC. So just <laughs> for anyone that's home. Um, but it's, uh, Mateo dot, uh, way W a Y. Um, and then I also have a business page, uh, for all of my lapidary work, my jewelry and stuff like that. It's at grit G R I T dot lapidary l-a-p-i-d-a-r-y um yeah um i'm not on facebook or any of that other shit um just just ig sweet cool man okay awesome yeah thanks so much for taking the time to chat today man i really appreciate it yeah no problem and i'll talk to you soon all right cool yeah talk to you later see ya thanks for listening to this episode of the eighth approach podcast i really hope you enjoyed it If you haven't already, it would mean a ton if you gave the podcast a follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, Player FM, Pinecast, or any other service you're listening to, and subscribe to Athex Fitness YouTube channel, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook page. Feel free to check out the articles, training and nutrition programs, and merch on athexfitness.com. And if you like what I'm making, dropping a like, commenting, and sharing would really, really help me out. Thanks so much, guys, and I'll see you in the next episode. Peace out.